welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Yeah, you can give God a shout of praise. Thanks, Joe. Can we pray before we get started this morning? God, thank you so much that it truly is your breath in our lungs. Everything that we have comes from you. And so, God, let that response from our heart be pleasing to you, God. Let our sacrifice of praise and worship bring you glory um, today, this morning, as we join together, whether online or here in person as, as a team, God. God, we just give you the glory, and we ask that you come and you move and you stir in our hearts the way that you want to, and that we would hold nothing back from you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. To figure out where I'm positioned here. Um, so good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church at home. My name is Melissa Poisel and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church. And we're just so grateful that you joined in with us this morning. I'm excited to be able to share this morning the message as we've been going through our core values as a church and where we got them from is actually God's word. It's nothing new, but we're excited to be sharing with you and walking through our core values in this series. Um, so every year about this time, we start to get the catalogs rolling in. You know the catalogs like the Target toy catalogs and the Amazon catalogs and whatever else catalogs trying to buy stuff or get you to buy stuff. I mean, we even have American Girl coming to our house, which I haven't quite figured that one out yet. I might have bought a gift for someone at some point. I don't know. Anyways, the boys are like, it's like a feeding frenzy at our house. And when the catalogs come, they're tearing through, they're fighting over over what toys they want that they don't even have yet. But they're making their lists and they're going through it like crazy little kids, circling all the stuff in their colors. And it's really fun. <laughs> it's really crazy. And I'm sure you have that problem too if you have kids at home. Um, but a long time ago, probably when Matthew was about three, he's old enough to understand it a little bit, we started this tradition in our house where um, we would give the boys each a set amount of money, like $25 or something like that, and we would take them to Target and we would tell them that they get to pick out a present for their brothers. And so they had the money and they knew what they wanted to get their brother and they got to go down the aisle and pick something out. We love this because not only is it teaching them the value of a dollar and it's a lot of fun, but it's also giving them the feeling, the experience of what it's like to be blessed to be the blessing, what it's like to actually give. Um, and we are not a perfect family and this does not go over perfectly, let me tell you, they are kids. And so the struggle is real, can you imagine? taking a three and four and five-year-old down the toy aisle at Target, um, and all they see, their eyes light up at all the things that they want, right? 
And then you have to tell them, but it's not about you, it's about your brother. And they have to wrestle with this, and you see their little hearts wrestling with this idea of, I have to give something, but I don't know if I'm going to get something, and it's this, this pull at first, because right now they haven't, or they're not remembering what it's like to be blessed to be the blessing. They're not remembering that good feeling that you get when you give. They're just sitting in the, well, what am I not getting? So the first thing that they see, of course, is what they want and what they need and what they can get. And I love it because if we're honest, I mean, what kids teach us, they're very transparent about their struggles that we internalize. So when we go into places or when we go into different relationships, if we're honest, a lot of the times that's what we see too. What do I want? What do I need? What can I get? And so here's these little kids going down the aisle, picking toys for their brother that they want, that they would play with. And it's a teaching moment, right? We all have to be taught what it, what it means to put someone else's needs and someone else's wants above our own. Then they have to choose to be generous. So they have a set amount and they could keep some of that money for themselves or they can spend it all without regard to what they're getting back. And that's also something that we have to teach them there in the Isle of Target, is how to be generous with what they've been given, generous for others instead of themselves. I don't know how many times, um, and I can say this because I feel like <laughs> I see so much of myself in all transparency in my oldest child. <laughs> and um, so many times my oldest child would be the one to ask, you see his little heart in the aisle looking at all of the things and he's just like, okay, but what if I get them what they want and I still don't get what I ask for? What if I still don't get what I want? And it's wrestling. Do I still give all that I have or all that I can, even if I, know, if I don't know the outcome, if I don't know that I'm going to be rewarded for that? And so it's this process. And in the end, we have to remind them, like, you have to be cheerful when you give. It's not just about giving. It's about the way that you're giving it. But Christmas morning comes around, and it's always so special. And I can genuinely say that they are more excited to give those gifts that they've picked out, that they thought through, they, to give those gifts to their brothers than they are to, like, open theirs first. Their first thing that they want to do is to give. And it's just so cool to see and to teach their little hearts what it's like to feel that experience of being the blessing, to be blessed to be the blessing. And that's one of our core values here at Soul Revival Church, be the blessing. And I'm so excited to get to share this week um, what God's been downloading on my heart. We always say here that it's not about a have to, it's about a get to. We get to serve. We get to love people. We get to give. We get to be generous. It's about having a spirit of generosity, a heart of generosity, and counting it a privilege to give of our time, to give of our resources, to give of our talents and gifts, knowing that it came from God. When God speaks to giving, and he does speak to giving quite a lot in his word, some of the things that we teach our boys are the same principles that are in um, the, the Bible. And God tells us that when we give, we need to give in these three ways. 
We need to give selflessly. We need to give generously. And we need to give cheerfully. Selflessly, generously, cheerfully. In John 15, 12 through 13, it says this. Jesus is saying to his disciples, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is laying down our own wants and our own needs and thinking about others first. You know, on Veterans Day or when we're celebrating our war heroes, this verse is often used because it does speak to that context. Jesus gave his entire life for us, and so he modeled that for us. But this is talking about also in the day in and day out, dying to ourself, saying, can we put aside what we think we deserve, what we think we've earned, what we really want, what we think we need. Can we put those things aside and think of other people before we think of ourselves? Think, seek to meet the needs of others before we do that for ourselves. Because when we lay down our lives in this way, when we serve, when we love, when we give in this way, we reflect the heart of Jesus who laid down his life for us. And when we reflect the heart of Jesus to others, it's going to bring God the praise and the glory and the honor that he's due from our lives. The next way that he tells us to give is to give generously. There are so many verses that I could have pulled from where it speaks to being a generous people, to give generously of our time, our talents, and our resources. Um, but I'm going to be going from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11. Jesus says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Now get this, so that there's a reason why he wants to bless us. It's not just for ourselves. It's not just to sit with us, but it's so that you can be generous on every occasion. Not just one time a year when everyone feels like giving, but on every occasion we can live with a generous spirit. We can be generous on every occasion. And through our generosity, and through us, your generosity will result to thanksgiving to God. That's so powerful. So what is he saying here? In other words, he's saying, don't be stingy. Like, you will get what you give. And it's not for us to decide what that looks like. He's asking us, do you trust him enough to be generous, to know where everything comes from, and to trust that he'll continue to pour out if we continue to pour out? It's asking the right questions. 
instead of how much do I have to do? What's the bare minimum to make myself feel better or to make me feel like I've done something in the world? It's asking how much do I get to? How much do I get to give? How much can I serve? How much can I bless people with my talents and my abilities? Because God's given us everything that we have. And so it's a matter of how do I get to do this? The last thing, um, the way that he asked us to give is cheerfully. And it's right there in those verses that we just read. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. There's no pressure. When we say, you know, you're welcome to give, you're welcome to partner with us here at Soul Revival Church, we're not asking you or pressuring you to give towards our church. We're saying, you know what, the Holy Spirit's going to put it on your heart, whatever you want. he wants you to give. And we're going to leave it at that. But it's saying, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I was thinking about this and how to relate to that a little bit. Have you ever had someone do something nice for you? Like really nice for you. Maybe they helped you move or maybe they lent you money or whatever it was. And they had to make sure that you knew what it cost them to do it. Oh, I had to move my schedule around. Oh, I had to sacrifice this. Or like they show up and they're just like, oh, okay, where do you want me to move this? Like, you know, they, they make sure that you know that... <laughs> It was not easy for them to give or to help you out in that way. Immediately, what should have been a blessing to you has become your burden, right? And you feel it. You feel the weight of that burden. And instead of them being blessed to be the blessing, their begrudging attitude has stolen their joy in giving. And they miss out on the blessing as well. So God's saying, I'm after your heart. How are you going to do the things that you're going to do? God doesn't want you to give begrudgingly either. He doesn't want you to give out of an attitude of, I have to do this. Because God knows that a gift given begrudgingly is not a blessing, it's a burden. And that's the truth. A gift given begrudgingly is not a blessing, it's a burden. I want you to take note of something here in the way that he's asking us to give selflessly and generously and cheerfully. It's not about what we give. It's about how we choose to give it. It's about our hearts. And I want you to hear this too. God, I don't know who this is for, but God doesn't need your help. He does not need any one of our help to accomplish what he wants to do in this world. It's an invitation. He wants us to be a part of what he's doing. He wants to invite us in. And he cares about the way in which we give the gifts that we have. He doesn't want us to do it with a heart that's um, burdened and a heart that's feeling like, you know, disgruntled that you have to do something. He wants us to give our whole hearts fully to whatever it is he's asking us to do. He doesn't need our help. He wants our heart. And sometimes we do. We get this backwards. We somehow, in our minds, twist it and we feel like we're doing God a favor. Or maybe this space or this thing that I'm doing, I'm the only one who can do. And if I don't do it, then God's whole plan is going to fall apart. And he's saying, no, like it's not about that at all. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you give. It's about how you give it. It's about our hearts. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, God's command is clear. Um, it says, love the Lord 
your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. He doesn't say do all the work as best as you can. Do what I'm telling you to do with all your heart. He says love me with all of your heart. See how my love for you and your love for me can transform the way that you live your life. For many of us, this is where we need to have a heart check. I call it like a Holy Spirit heart check. And I think that those are so important and so necessary to do often. These are times where you invite the Holy Spirit in to say, God, what in my heart is not okay? What is not lining up with your heart? Inviting the Holy Spirit in. This is a Holy Spirit heart check moment. Where are we not allowing the Holy Spirit to access within our hearts and our lives? Where are we keeping him out of? Where are we not surrendering in our heart? God knows. God knows those areas. Can I tell you that surrender and trust are interchangeable? It's because God can be trusted that we can surrender. When we have areas of our life and our heart that we choose not to surrender, what we're really saying to God in those moments is, I don't trust you with this. I don't trust you to take care of this part of my heart. I don't trust you to provide for my family. I have to do that on my own. And so we have to be able to surrender, but we have to know first and foremost that God is a God who can be trusted. He will take care of us. If you think about your heart as a house with many rooms, I got this visual this week of of inviting the Holy Spirit in. And when I invite guests into my home, you know, I think everyone has it. And if it's just me, forgive me. But you have places in your house where it's clean, it's decorated, you vacuumed that day, and you're like, I come on in. It looks good. And, you know, welcome people into those places. And then you have those places where you shut the door. And you're like, nope, you can go everywhere but not there because that's where my dirty laundry is. That's where the dust has gathered up. That's where I did not vacuum for weeks. And, and you don't want people to see your mess, right? It's the same thing with our heart. It's the same thing in our relationship with God. There's places in our hearts, if we're honest, that we have shut the door to the Holy Spirit, where we say, that's too much, that's too messy, I don't want you there. You can stay here, this is my comfort zone. You can lead in this area, but not in this area. And so it's having this Holy Spirit heart check where you, only you and God know those places in your heart. And I'm sure he's revealing them to you right now in this moment as you're thinking through. What are the places where maybe when you open the door, sitting on the throne is fear and worry that dictates how you spend your money, that dictates where you put your time, that dictates what you do and how you relate to others. Places where, if you're honest, it's, can I really trust God to cover my needs? Can I really trust God to provide for me? Can I really surrender my control for his control? Can I really trust that he will provide? Is it places that maybe you're saying, I don't really want to know what God wants for my life. I'm pretty happy doing it my way. There's other rooms that we keep locked up, and we keep them locked up out of shame. This could be sin struggles, this could be a million different things, but shame is the one that's locked the door. And God is not a God of shame, and I need you to hear this. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. 
none whatsoever. But he's a God of conviction, and there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction will set you free, and condemnation will keep you trapped. It will keep you trapped in shame. It will keep you trapped in guilt. And that is not from the Lord. But when the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts, he's inviting us to more. He's saying, will you let me in? Will you let me set you free? Will you let me heal that place in your heart? Will you allow me to lead? Because if we're honest, and I'm saying that a lot because I'm being honest, you know, we do a pretty terrible job of leading our own lives a lot of the times. We get ourselves into trouble. These are places that there are sin struggles. There are sin struggles with selfishness and pride and greed and those ugly sins that we don't want anyone to know about, that we don't want to even admit to ourselves. And because we're not open with it, because we're not inviting the Holy Spirit in, we are trapped by the enemy in shame. And he's asking us, will you let me set you free? There's other rooms that represent our earthly treasures. It's like a trophy room or um, just, I think of it as a storage room with just a bunch of stuff. Stuff that we think we need, stuff that we think will make our lives better, that we choose to um, just store up that have no eternal value. And he's asking us, will you let me in? Will you, even if I shake things up, even if I have to throw some things out the window, will you let me in and trust me that I have better for you, that I have more for you? He's not just wanting to be invited into one area of our life. He's asking us to trust him with all of our heart and all of our life. So what are the places of our hearts and our lives that we're withholding from God? Where are we not letting him in to lead and to reign? Where are we not trusting his provision? So often it's just a prayer that I would always be able to say with all of my heart, God, you can have it all. You can have my entire heart. You can have my yes. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to, to give, I want to do that without thinking, without hesitating. And it's not a place that is easy to obtain. It's not a place to, to sit in easily, but he's asking, will you help me work on your heart so that you can get to that place, so that you can trust enough to surrender? Everything we have, everything we have was given to us by God. It's his anyways, but when we live a life surrendered, when we live a life surrendered, we get to experience the blessing, the blessing of being the blessing. We get to experience what it's like to be part of the work that God's doing in the lives of those around us. I want to just encourage you. We said this all the time to our launch team. On the other side of your yes, on the other side of your surrender, on the other side of your obedience, are people. There is always going to be people and lives that God wants to reach and he wants to pour into on the other side of the things that you choose to surrender to him. And that's why we do what we do. Remember, God doesn't need our help. He wants our hearts. And this is an invitation. This isn't uh, some co um, commandment that he's forcing you to do. He's inviting you into more. He's inviting us to be a blessing. He's inviting us to be a conduit of his love for others. How cool is that? 
that we get to be a vessel for his kingdom, that we get to pour out his love and his blessings and things that he's given and entrusted us with and steward that well so that other people are blessed, so that other people know him and his goodness. This is the one area, giving is the one area where God says, test him. Test me in this. In Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there, may, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Test me in this. We can't outgive God. We cannot outgive God. And when we think about our tithes, that means 10%. He's saying, will you give me 10% of what I've given you? And he's asking us, will we have a heart that says 10% is the floor, not the ceiling? That's what, not what we're trying to get to. That's where we start. That's where we start, and we start asking different questions. How much more can I serve? How much more can I give? How much more can I encourage? How much more can I love? Because you know what it's like to be blessed, to be the blessing. Um, I have a sponge right here. I'm going to try to not make a huge mess here. But if you think about your heart as this sponge, right now this sponge is dry, and it's kind of primed and ready to be filled up, right? I really don't want to get my computer wet ready to receive all that God has for you, all that he has for your life. When we take this sponge, this sponge of our life in our heart, and we say, okay, God, whatever you want, whatever you want to give me, whatever you want to do, I'm yours. And this picture is the source. This is God. God is a God of endless supply, unlimited power, unlimited resources. God is the God of abundantly more. So he says, come to me. I'll fill you up. I'll fill you up. And then we have the choice. What are we going to do with this sponge? What are we going to do with the life that God has given us, the blessings that he's given us, the resources, the talents, the time? What do we do with that? He said, pour it out. Pour it out. You're like, but God, that's going to empty me. That's okay. Pour it out. Pour it out. Now you're ready for more. Now you're ready for more. Come back to me. And it's just this, this beautiful picture of what it looks like to trust, to surrender, to come back to the source and then say, God, I trust that you're going to continue to give and I'm going to continue to pour out. And you're going to continue to give and I'm going to continue to pour out. Oftentimes... What happens is, is that we give, we give, and we give. And sometimes we get caught up in the world, and we get caught up in ourselves, and all of a sudden, we start to hold tightly, more tightly to the things that God has given us than God himself. And when we start to hold tightly, we tighten our grip on that sponge. We tighten the grip on our heart. We lock up the doors in our heart. And we start to say, God, I don't know. 
really like this this place that I'm living in right now or I don't really want to have to give or I don't really want to have to serve or God I don't know if I trust you to provide for me like what if I don't get what I want what if I encourage someone and they don't encourage me back what if I give to someone and I am short on my rent for the month what if and all of a sudden we find ourselves like this sponge a little dried up a little thirsty a little desperate for water for what it needs and instead of letting our trust and our surrender for God lead our decisions we're leading from a place of lack we're leading from a place of lack and when we go to try to pour out or we go into other relationships and friendships all of a sudden we're so dried up we're so needy we're so thirsty instead of being a blessing to those people around us we become a burden we're looking for love and we're looking for our needs and we're looking for what we want and what we think we deserve in all of the wrong places that will never fulfill us that will never satisfy our soul like God can and the invitation is still there and if you're like me so often I find myself forgetting forgetting what God can do and what he wants to do and we go back to the source say oh man I should go back to God I should go back to him he, he did give me what I needed but here we are we're going back to the source still holding tightly to the things of this world still holding tightly to our sin struggles still holding tightly to those places that we don't want to let him in and we go back to the source and we're back with God but when we come up we're just as dry we're not letting him in. We're not surrendering to what he wants for our lives. We're not letting him fill us up. We think we're doing it. We think we're going back. We're going back to God. We're going back to God. But we're coming up dry. And he's saying to us this morning, when we're talking about giving, when we're talking about sin struggles, when we're talking about our entire lives and our entire hearts, he's saying, will you trust me enough to open up your hand? To give me your life to give me your heart will you trust me to pour into you into those places that only I can because it is exhausting to continue to go back every time and come up dry and it is exhausting to live your life led by the lack to go into all the, your relationships and all of your places of influence where God wants to pour out his blessing and be the one to try to get something from it because you don't trust that God is enough. And he's asking us, will you trust that I am enough? Will you trust so that you can give generously and selflessly and you can give cheerfully? Will you trust that I am a generous God, a God of abundantly more, and I want to pour out my blessings on you so that, so that other people will see it and experience his goodness and praise him and give him the thanks that he deserves. Will you trust? Will you trust me? This morning, I recognize that there's probably some people who it's not just a part of your heart that you've had a hard time trusting God with. It's the whole thing. And he's been knocking on the door of your heart for a while and he wants 
to be invited in. He's not going to burst down the door. He's not going to barge in and try to disrupt your life. But he's saying, you know what, I have so much more. And he's saying he can be trusted. You can trust him. You can trust him with every brokenness, every sin struggle, everything that you've gone through in your past. You can trust him. That he loves you and that he is good and that he has good things for you. You can trust him. What is it that is holding you back? What is it that's holding you back? I believe this morning that there's people, this is the first time that you have even heard how good God is or that he wanted good things for you or that he can be trusted. And when we trust him, when we trust his goodness, we can surrender. And he is not like people on this earth. Let me tell you that. He will not let you down. He will not let you down. Whether you've been hurt before, you've been let down before, you felt like you've given it your all and you've gotten nothing in return, he has already given everything for every one of us. Jesus came and he laid down his life for you. He laid down his entire life so that you can have a relationship with God. And he's inviting you into that relationship. He's saying, will you let me come in? to your heart and lead your life? Will you let me come into your heart and lead and heal and restore places in your heart that you have not let him in yet? So if that's you today, I just want to encourage you. Say yes. Invite him in today. There's no magic prayer. There's nothing that you have to do to earn a relationship with Jesus. It's freely given. It's freely given. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you're saved. And so that's the invitation to you today. Step into a relationship with the Jesus who loves you, who is good, and who laid down his life for you. And he can be trusted to lead your life, to heal your heart, to restore what was broken. This is the Jesus that we love and that we serve. And I'd love to invite you to pray with me this morning. If you've made that decision for the first time and anyone else in the room, if you just gather and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us, for your goodness, and that we can trust in your provision. We can trust that you have better for us in our lives than we ever could do for ourselves. Thank you for giving your all so that we can have a relationship with you. God, thank you for your forgiveness. It doesn't matter what we've done, what we did this morning. We're still forgiven. We still receive your grace, God. And we just thank you for that. We invite you into every place of our heart, God. Be the one who sits on the throne of our entire heart. Holy Spirit, open up the floodgates. Open up the rooms and the spaces that we've had closed off for far too long, God. And God, I pray for freedom. Freedom for every one of our lives, God, as we surrender to you. As we come surrendered, ready to receive whatever it is you have for us so that we can pour it out not fearing the lack, not fearing that it won't be enough, not fearing that we're not going to get ours, but God, just fully surrendered, knowing that we know the source, and that when we come to you open-handed, you are faithful to fill us up. 
you are faithful to love on us and give us exactly what we need in any given moment. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you and honor you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.